are now listening to a very special message from Joy Community Church. Pastor Greta, I said, can you believe it, hon? It's December 3rd. Like, what happened this year? And so here we are. And I think you're supposed to come up with a theme for Christmas as a pastor. So, I, you know, I thought I'd come up with one at least so we'd have something. You know what I mean? Uh, and so I'm excited about that. Oh, something else I forgot to tell you that's really exciting. Next week, we have the ministry of Susan Morehouse coming to play the harp in service. Woo! I forgot to tell you that. And uh, I love when she plays that harp. So we're going to enjoy that next, next week as well. And I told her, I said, can you do me a, more than one song, okay? Let, let's jazz it up somewhat. So she said, okay. And um, so she's going to also be speaking as well. So let's prepare our hearts for that. Well, I want to talk to you this next four weeks, these next four weeks, about joyful anticipation. When I was uh, praying and discussing with the preaching team, you know, what, what do you think is on the heart of the Lord uh, for, you know, the new season, the Christmas season? And uh, I really had sensed in my own spirit an anticipation of joy breakthrough. Just a breakthrough against what has been occurring perhaps quietly in people's lives. People quietly suffer, people quietly are disappointed, people are quiet in coming and going, and you often don't know what people really need. And I sense the Holy Spirit whisper into my spirit, I want joyful anticipation. And so that's what we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks. And today I want to take you to the book of Matthew in the first chapter, and I want to to uh, discuss with you about breaking, breaking the silence. I want to take you to verse 18, and we'll read down to verse 25. Father, we thank you for this beautiful body of people here, Joy Community Church. We thank you for the gift of each individual person's life and what they bring to the kingdom of God because of who they are in Jesus Christ. We thank you that you pull us together to do something so extravagant as we've done over the last several months. You pour into us constantly your love, your hope, your peace, your faith, your joy, your patience, your endurance and your self-control. We are so grateful that you invest in us individually and as, as your people. We want to make a difference this Christmas season. We want to share the beautiful testimony of our faith and the gospel message of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to do it with joy. And we want to help other people who are going through the difficulties of life to know that they can anticipate a change. They can anticipate transformation. They can anticipate God coming and being with them as they receive more of who Christ is 
in their lives, whether it's through salvation, the Holy Spirit, or the power of a Father in heaven who deeply loves his people. Oh, do we need you, Lord Jesus. I pray for a release even before I speak of the anointing of the Spirit of the living God. I pray for all heaviness to re be removed from hearts right now, minds that are so busy thinking about what they need to do after they leave service, what they have to go and buy and purchase, and what needs to be baked and organized. And no, Lord, this is a time to be with you. This is a time set aside to celebrate with joyful anticipation that the peace of our Lord can replace all the stress and the anxiety and the worries and the heaviness of heart. Would you come, Holy Spirit, right now? Would you come right now and visit your people and deposit in us a fresh download of joy? In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Amen. From the end of the book of Malachi in the Old Testament to the time when God spoke to Joseph here, it was a period of 400 years and God was strangely silent. There were no prophets, no appearances of God, no miracles are recorded, no angels, and no burning bushes. Can you imagine 400 years of silence where there is absolutely no message from God? God never left his people he was unfolding his plan all along as he made a path for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In my Bible right here, there are only two pages between the Old Testament and the New Testament. But in reality, those pages represent hundreds 
of years of silence. Generation after generation had waited to hear a fresh word from God, a rhema word from God, the living word of God. To them, it seemed like forever. Have you ever felt like God has gone silent on you? Anybody? That, that's, you, can, you can answer that question if you want to. Yeah. You pray and you see no answers. You wait for things to improve, but they only get worse. You wonder, what is God doing? There are times when God is intentionally silent, but he is never absent. He is always with us, for he is Emmanuel. God is always working behind the scenes. He always keeps his promises. God spoke through the prophet Isaiah and said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah 7.14 It's essential to notice that God's timing and our timing are just not the same. And so right now, in your moment of confusion, in your moment of wonder, in your moment of question, and in your moment of hope, perhaps even a moment of despair, let me repeat to you that God's timing and your timing are just not the same. If you are waiting for God to break his silence in your life, I'm asking you this Christmas to have a joy, a heart filled of joyful anticipation. I want you to ask God to ready your heart, ready your spirit to hear a fresh word from the Lord our God because he is a God who breaks through the silence and he can do it at any time. Did you hear what I said? Anytime. He's not waiting for your permission. He just will come at any time. I'm ready. God's silent might seem like it's deafening. But when he speaks, and we are listening, and we're ready to act, can I tell you, it is golden. It's life-giving. God breaks the silence with a sense of joyful anticipation. And today we're going to look at four ways through the scripture I read that we can joyfully anticipate God to break the silence in your life. Anybody experience a, se a season of silence? Okay, so I'm speaking to some people who need to hear this word today. When I look at verses 18 to 19, I see that there is joyful anticipation. We can joyfully anticipate a fresh pursuit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit pursued Joseph. We know that Joseph was an upright, just, and righteous man. He was a blameless man. And he was willing to conform to God's way of doing life. 
This would be a new way of doing life, a way of life he had never thought of, he couldn't design, that he didn't think even the woman that he was marrying, that that would even be a possibility of the Holy Spirit conceiving a child without him participating in it. And so Joseph would actually approach life from this dream on in a whole new way. And it would be spirit-led. Spirit-led. Joseph was pursued and affirmed as God's chosen vessel to be the son of God's father because he lived, listen, lived according to a divine standard that God required in order for somebody else to raise his son. You see, there are requirements in the kingdom of God that God will use any person. We see that in the Christmas story. But he's also asking you to be ready as a person with, with who you are, your limitations, and the things you don't expect that you're capable of doing. If somebody, if God came to me and said, you are going to raise my son, I would look at him and say, look to Jim Dalmage. You've got the wrong Jimmy. You hear what I'm saying? We would all exempt ourselves from the movement of the Spirit when the Spirit requires us to live at a new standard. I sense He's asking that of us this Christmas season. Do your Christmas differently. Anticipate, joyfully anticipate a fresh pursuit of the Holy Spirit. And even though Joseph was confused, he was concerned, he was embarrassed, he was disheartened because the woman that he had thought was faithful to him now was pregnant. And there was no explanation except that she would confide in him. This was conceived by the Holy Spirit. We read it and we think, absolutely. You live it and you go, I don't think so. I don't think so. Joseph also pursued the Holy Spirit. You're like, well, how do you know that? Because if you look at verse 19, I know it from verse 19. Go with me to verse 19. And it says here, because Joseph, her, uh, her wife, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to d divorce her quietly. Um, but what had happened is that he, when you look at it, he did not want. That's an important phrase in the scripture and actually in the translation of Greek. We just read that and say, well, he didn't want to expose her. No, that word want at this moment is actually, there's an idea behind it to say, okay, I heard what I heard. I'm not sure where my faith is and what I actually believe, but I'm willing to be ready. I'm willing to prefer your choice over mine. Isn't that amazing? I'm willing to prefer your choice over mine and having in mind to do the determined will of God. That's what that one word want actually means in that scripture. 
that's a part of it. I mean, I'm just digesting that quickly. But I'm encouraging you that are we preferring what God has for us this Christmas season, or are we preferring what we've always done to get what we always want? God is saying, wait, joyful anticipation means that you're willing to be like Joseph, you're willing to be ready, you're willing to prefer what God has on his heart over what you want, and you're willing to have in mind that I need to follow the determined will of God. Now, I didn't come up with that. That's actually from a commentary. And I thought that was very interesting of how the writer did that expository study to come to that desire of want of that determined will of God. We just think of it as the will of God. He was determined that Joseph respond in obedience and faith. He was determined that this would not be confused nor abort it. He knew how essential it was after 400 years that the prophetic words that were spoken were now completed and became a reality. Do you want God's preferred will in your Christmas? I would write that question down. I would pull out my little phone like you all do and you watch when I'm preaching. Pull it out and go to your notes. And I'd put that in your notes. Do I really prefer God's determined will this Christmas? We have an opportunity this Christmas to increase our joy as we allow God's determined will to be accomplished in our life and we allow his Holy Spirit to pursue us, to affirm who we are in the Lord Jesus and to remove any confusion or concerns that life has presented as we prefer God's determined will for our lives. Another way that we can God breaks through the silences as we joyfully anticipate a fresh encounter with God. Yes, we come to services. Yes, we do outreach. Yes, we are going to exchange gifts with one another. Yes, we're going to extend compassion and mercy and grace to the people who really need a touch from God. But one of the things that I love about coming to the Christmas gift extravaganza is you never know what's going to happen. You never know. And you don't know what God's about to do. And you don't know what that gift or those gifts can do to draw people into an experience with the Holy Spirit, a tangible touch of the love of Christ, and then to realize that God is a, personally, a personal God and he now is determining in his will that they be blessed without even earning it. There's an energy to that in the spirit. There's an excitement to that in my heart. And one of the reasons I love it is I was one of those children. 
I remember watching my mother sit on the stairs at Christmas. She was already working an extra job. Dad had left. Dad was nowhere to be found. She had five little kids sitting on the stairs. And we were consoling her because she was sitting there. And she was not just crying, she was bawling. She didn't know what, what was going to happen. And then there was a door knock. And these little nuns from the Catholic Church, we were in Catholic school, came. We're talking, and when you're a little kid, it looks like basket upon basket upon basket, right? It looks like more than anything. And they brought, you know the old apple baskets? And they put them with tissue red and green tissue and bows all over them and baskets of food and gifts and and her tears of frustration and hurt turned to tears of joy. Now you may say, and was I saved at that age? Absolutely not. But when I come to do the Christmas extravaganza, I know the power of what we're doing. Because that led me to open my heart to receive Christ at Christmas time. That's when I received him in December, on December 10th. You think we're just doing outreach. God says, my determined will is always eternal life. Isn't that awesome? So I want to jump right now inside. I'm telling you, I was jumping around like a lunatic yesterday. I was. It was I, I, I just couldn't hold it back. Because I know what your kindness just accomplished because I was on the other side of that. And I watched five children have a Christmas meal, lots of candy, lots of cookies. Back then they were homemade. Lots of homemade cookies. Everything. God was my father that Christmas. God will be your father this Christmas. I promise you. If you're wondering, I can make that promise. He will be your father this Christmas. That's his determined will. He wants to. You see, the Holy Spirit pursued Joseph and readied his spirit and his heart. Joseph pursued the Holy Spirit. And out of that encounter, that fresh encounter, obedience and faith rose to the surface. This Christmas, pray for a fresh encounter with God, your Father. And if he is not your father because you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, oh, I can't wait to introduce him to you. I will. Just hold steady. You see, God created this joyful anticipation of a fresh encounter with God just for Joseph. He planned supernaturally miraculously, to send an angel. 
He planned supernaturally and miraculously to actually provoke him to dream. Not just one dream, Joseph had several dreams, which were supernatural. And within those dreams, God was encountering him and granting him the wisdom and the knowledge to protect the Christ child. Because he was the Messiah. He was God's salvation plan. He was the answer to every prophetic word uttered. And it, that child needed a father with the father's heart. And so he had to have a personal encounter with Joseph and Joseph with God. You see, Christmas is not just God does everything for you. I want to make that clear. I'm talking about you joyfully anticipating a fresh encounter. That means you got to do something about it. That means you need to make some time. That means you might need to settle in and silence your own heart. That might mean that you just need to put, put some Christmas music on and just sit and wait in the beauty of who he is in his majesty. Some of us are hustling and bustling and you make no time to encounter God. Oh, you want all the Christmas extravagance. But I'm telling you the most extravagance is the moment that God's presence shows up into your Christmas. That's extravagant. And not what you had last year, but what he wants to grant you this year. His presence is ever changing. His joy has different levels. And he's inviting you to say, I want an encounter with you, young lady. I said young lady. You notice that, right? <laughs> this encounter, you have to understand, through an angel and a dream, broke the most awkward time of silence. Joseph had never had an encounter of this sort before. Never. And because of the age in which he was living, no one for hundreds and hundreds of years had. So they, they didn't design it. Where are you going with this, Pastor James? You see, I use the word fresh encounter. Because you see, in church, we like to design everything. You know, we had to have the five songs, take the offering, preach a 30-minute message because everybody wants to go up to lunch. I'm telling you the truth. You think I don't know? I'm going out for lunch. I know what I'm talking about. I've got to be done in 30 minutes. <laughs> you have to understand that this, when it's a fresh encounter, it's an, a now moment. It's something you can't fix people. It's something you can't manufacture. It's something as good as you may design things to be so beautiful and elegant and everything in place. When God shows up, it's usually when things are the messiest. And people are in the greatest need. Israel was oppressed. What are they today? 
oppressed. You think that God might show up in a whole new way. Hallelujah, Jesus. When we were kids, my parents used to play this game with us when we were on long trips. And the rule of game uh, was this. It was something like this. The first one to talk loses. That was the rules to the game. Can I, I just want to tell you I never won that game. I played it, but it was so darn hard. I hated that game. What do you mean we have to be quiet? And it was, it, it was the game of silence. And don't you think, I don't know, parents, you've played this game with my parents. And um, so this is where we're traveling in our vehicle. And the, the arguing is continuing. Poking my sisters is continuing. Taking somebody's toy. Arguing. And then for the hundredth time, are we there now? You remember that? Are you there? Are we there now? And so mom and dad would say, we're playing the silent game. Nobody talk. And sometimes silence can be peaceful. And sometimes, boy, it can be awkward. I never liked that game. And sometimes I feel like my heavenly father knows I don't like that game. And he's playing it with me. But he's just trying to steal my heart to remove all the chaos, to refocus me so I can discern what his determined will in the moment of chaos. He's really helped me. I play that game with Greta in the, in the car, and it never goes over well. I'm still not quiet. <laughs> God had broken the silence, and he was going to bring a new way to do life. God broke the silence, and he was going to find a new way to build a connection and relationship that would be everlasting to everlasting. He was going to have a way of encountering Joseph in such a way that he would understand that this child was not a regular child, but was God's only begotten son. That who would ever believe in, in him would not perish, but would have eternal life and destiny. He wanted him to know that his name had to be Jesus. Why? Because Jesus means Yahweh is salvation. He was putting into motion a determined will that all men should be saved. When we're in our Christmas season, there are certain people we think will never be saved. There are other people that we've prayed for and we hope they darn well better get saved. And then there are people who are like wall wallflowers. And they just come and go through life causing no disruption, no disturbance, living there, and we think they're good people. Good people go to hell. Saved people don't. Happy people go to hell without Jesus. 
but save people who have the joy of the Lord and the love of Christ. They go to heaven with Jesus. You see, it's a change. Jesus, Joseph, was bringing about a whole new way to encounter God. He would be Jesus, a savior of the world, one who would forgive, provide salvation, and offer eternal life to those who repent of their sin, forsake their sin, and encounter God to know his determined will for their lives. He will save people from their sins, is what verse 21 says. And so Christ, only Christ, can forgive sins in the sense of eternal life. We can forgive each other of our sins. But Jesus, through the forgiveness of sins, provides an opportunity for eternal life in Christ. God will be gracious to direct you in those seasons of silence. When you are at loss and don't know what to decide, he will graciously direct you to do as he did for Joseph. And like Joseph, there will be times that you will carry a matter as far as you can, and then you'll need to encounter Jesus. You'll need to encounter the Holy Spirit. You'll need to encounter your Father in heaven. And he will provide that necessary wisdom and direction so that you can actually live out his specific determined will for that situation, circumstance, relationship, or that place in your life that you're waiting for the silence to be broken. Amen? Amen. I'm going to continue this next week because I don't want to just throw this away quickly. There's so much in what I want to speak to you about regarding how God breaks through the silence. Father, we thank you for this time in the Word. I know it's been rich because it's really challenged me and it's really given me a whole different perspective of those places of silence, perhaps that people are still waiting for answers, prayers that people are still praying, situations that require intervention that only you can bring about, oppression that's beyond oppression in our country, in our world, oh my goodness, that men, mankind would treat mankind the way we do. You are the great deliverer, and I joyfully anticipate a fresh pursuit of the Holy Spirit this Christmas. I joyfully anticipate a fresh encounter with my Heavenly Father. And so we yield right now and we take a moment of silence. I just want you to close your eyes and wait on the Lord. And I want you to ask the Lord to give you that opportunity to pursue His Holy Spirit. And I'm going to ask you to ask Him that there would be some time that you can have with Him this week, not next week, this week, and hopefully even today, to have a fresh encounter with a supernatural, miraculous God.
I want to encourage you that if you've been waiting for God to break his silence in your life, I'm praying that you will joyfully anticipate to hear from him this season at any time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We'll do part two next week. God bless you. I just want you to know, Joy family, how proud I am of you. If you really want to see a touch of God next year, sign up for the extravaganza. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable what God can do in a person's life. But from my heart to yours, thanks for loving the kids. That's really important to the Lord's heart. God bless you. Have a wonderful week celebrating Christmas. The prayer team will be here and practice. Well, then we'll go to the fellowship hall and we'll pray. We're going to have prayer. Let's go to the fellowship hall. And if you need prayer, come and get prayer in the fellowship hall. I guess we need to clear out because the kids are coming in to rehearse. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at joycc.info.